Tonight, uh, I'm going to hopefully challenge you a little bit to, uh, to think about some things. I'm going to start off with a, with a, a verse, that's, uh, or a couple of verses actually, that has, has helped me a lot because uh, I'm a stubborn person. I've, I've had to do, I've had to, in my life, I've had a lot of responsibility to do difficult tasks. Uh, regarding people and, and uh, uh, so I, I turn to Proverbs chapter 3 starting in verse 5 it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord shun evil this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Chapter 3, starting in verse 5. What, it, what it's really saying to me is, you know, if I come up against a difficult situation, whatever it is, and I get myself in those once in a while, uh, if I pray about it and trust in the Lord, He'll lead me through it. Sometimes it takes a long time to get through it, and sometimes there's things happening in your life that you don't really understand why. And you just have to bear it, bear through it. But if you if you leave your decisions up to Him, He will get you through them. You know, and you just have to trust it's going to be okay. Sometimes, so it's up to you, and you have to decide. That's when you need to be serious about your prayer life. I'm going to talk to you about, and I'm I ask you a question first. If you think about the future of this church, and we're getting ready to, you know, bring in a new pastor, whether it's this one, hopefully, or, or sometime, everybody has their own idea of what church should be about, alike, you know. Uh, and I can tell you, Every pastor or guest speaker we've had come in here say, you guys have something special. You heard that, haven't you? And it's true. Uh, I can tell you a story from uh, my days at the Calvary Baptist Church in Madison, Indiana. And they had a big old fight over some things. And uh, one of the wealthy members of the church, he decided he went downtown there and rented a building and started his own church. And uh, there's a problem with that, of course, because uh, when you one thing I can say about the doctrine of the Baptist Church, it's scripturally based, solid stuff, and the faith and message likewise. And if you haven't read those things, you probably should. But what we have here was built. This foundation was built on Christ Jesus by the people that have gone on, and we owe them a lot. You know, you think about the ones that have been been here, and I'm uh, if I start mentioning names, I'll forget somebody, so I won't. But you know who I'm talking about. You know, I, one of the things that impressed me so much when I first came here was the number of men that were involved. You know, the church I came from was probably 80% women, and that's pretty common around. Is well, tonight we're more than 80%. <laughs> well, yeah, about 80%. But but in Sunday morning service, and you wonder where are all the husbands or, or what's going on here. And, but that was just sort of a normal thing. 
but when I came here, we had this solid group of deacons, and Dale remembers them, and, and uh, a solid group of people, and great. Man, the food was great, wasn't it? Back in those days. Now we order chicken from Lee's. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm kidding. Lee's chicken's pretty good. Uh, I don't want to criticize anybody tonight. But, you know, we things have, th things have changed, and people are a lot more busy than they used to be, and I understand that. And, and uh, there was a lot of housewives back in those days. Nowadays, most housewives have jobs, so it's, it's not as easy as it used to be. But we have been built on a solid foundation here, and that is scripturally solid. Now, that's not to say we haven't had problems, because we have. And sometimes those problems start small and grow. I've seen churches, the, the church where I grew up near my house has closed. It's done. And they had disagreements. And, and I'll tell you just a little sidebar. The, the United Methodist Church decided a few years ago to get pretty liberal. And they, they have gone off the deep end because they don't want to offend anybody. You know, and I'm going to read a passage to you here in a minute in, in uh, Matthew chapter 15 where Jesus offends a whole lot of people. But you need to stand firm on the solid rock. You know, if you think about where we're going as a church, we want to keep what was built. We don't want to change a lot of things. We want to make it better. And that requires a little bit of change and tweaking along the way. I think uh, uh, credit to Brother James not in here. Music's a lot better now than it was back in those days because you remember Bill Stith rattling that old piano that was out of tune? Uh, you, 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 were you here then? No, <laughs> it, uh, he would he would get pretty honky tonky with that thing, but yeah, around and see who all was there, and then if those people weren't there, he'd stand up and play. <laughs> yeah, he'd stand up like Jerry Lee Lewis. But, yeah. That was the preacher, yeah, and I liked him. I, I thought he was entertaining, but uh, but uh, Brother James has done a marvelous job with the music, and, and uh, you know I went to uh, the. First Baptist at uh, Bedford, Kentucky, and they don't have anything like that. And they're big. They're they probably got three fifty in Sunday morning service at pretty regular. It's a pretty good sized church, and uh, uh, they they have a song leader, and he's pretty good. The Methodist Church, the Milton Methodist Church, is no longer the Milton Methodist Church. They bought the church from the conference and, and became the independent Methodist Church of Milton, Kentucky. So they don't have to abide by, you know, they don't have to. See, in the Methodist Church, they, they send you a preacher every so often, and you, you lose the one you got, whether you want to or not. And the one they send you is their choice, not yours. So, and that, you know, what happens is uh, if you're not a pretty good-sized church, you get the beginners and some of them are good and some of them not but uh, they have a, they have specialists in the methods conference they have guys that build congregations and they have guys that build buildings they, they send them in to help this this one maybe having financial trouble in the Baptist Church we form a committee like we do for everything else and we find find a preacher and we usually steal him from another Baptist church, but uh, that's fair game, I guess. But 
that's that's we have to be on guard as a congregation against the little things that sneak in and cause problems because they will there will be problems and we've had a few problems we've been able to work our way through them but uh, I want to give you a little bit of information here Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in chapter 15 of Matthew he said then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders they don't wash their hands before they eat now washing your hands before you eat is a pretty good idea but that's not what Jesus what they're referring to here this is a tradition that they added to the Mosaic law wash your hands before you eat and that's that's a good thing but it's it became a tradition and and Jesus replied why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might have otherwise received from me as a gift is now devoted to God. And he is, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. And I'll read that in a minute. I want to go back and tell you why they, why Jesus said this. There was a rule that they put in called Corman, Corman, C-O-R-M-A-N. You've ever heard of that? That's where they would tell their parishioners that it, don't give anything to your parents, to your old people. They, they're going to be dying anyway. Give it to the church, and we'll take care of the old people. Now, why do you think they put a rule like that in? Yeah, more money in the coffers. And to set the record straight, those Pharisees, that's how they made their living. They would teach the people, and the money came to them. And, man, money is a problem, you know. If, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have a little more of that problem, but no. But it's not what the money itself, it's what's in your heart is the problem. What do you do? How do you, are you a good steward or not? Well, the church decided that they would do that. Now, they had a lot of people begging stuff. We have people begging today. I don't know what's going on with all that, but you can't hardly go to any parking lot in Boone County without somebody with a sign there that said, you know, help me but and you know you don't you wonder what's the right thing to do I, you know sometimes i give them a little bit of money sometimes uh i look at them and think uh, i don't know about you you probably want to buy something you shouldn't but what jesus was talking about when isaiah said these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they worship me in vain their teachings are but rules taught by men. Now that was from Isaiah written five centuries, five and a half centuries before Jesus came. What he's saying there is, is you can have traditions, and we have traditions. We we do the, the Last Supper and and that's a good tradition. But it's only good if everybody is understanding what it means. You know it I can't. I almost break down every time I take communion because I know what it means. Jesus gave His life for me, and He gave it not easily, but through great difficulty and pain and suffering 
so that I could be saved because I'm I one of my favorite songs is uh, that old cathedral song I'm just an old sinner saved by grace listen to the words of that thing sometimes you get through that without sobbing a little bit you're a better person than I am that's what we all are we're just we're, we're hopelessly lost until Jesus comes into our life and so when Jesus said they honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me that's where Satan comes in and tries to drive you into that place he tries to stir you up about some little problem somewhere you know get you all fired up about nothing you know have you ever seen that happen sure you have and it happens all the time in churches and that's how it starts so as we begin this new season of our church with a new pastor it's up to us to see that it goes out right you know if we want to be uh, part of the problem we can do that you know, we can we can drag against the, the team pulling us down. Yeah, you know, I, I always I use baseball analogies. Dale will like it, the rest of you might not. <laughs> Bottom of the twelfth inning. David Ortiz at bat. Runner on first, one out. They shift. <laughs> Last year. Twelfth inning. Bottom of the twelfth. They all shift. All he has to do is smack that ball down third baseline. That runner is on third now with one out, and they're probably going to win the game. What's he do? Tries for the home run because he's all about me, not about the team. He hits a bullet, one hop to the second baseman, and he turns double play inning over. That's where you put yourself first. Now, you, you non-baseball fans, you have to forgive me for that. But that aggravated me. I don't even like the Red Sox. But that aggravated me that he would do that, that – I, to me, when I played the game, what was it about? Winning. Well, same with souls. What's it about? Winning. You know, and you see a lot of preachers now that are that are playing on people, and they, they misinterpret that scripture, cast your bread upon the waters, or the harvest is white. It, Jesus is not talking about money. He's not talking about money at all. Send me $1,000 and I'll pray for you. He, Jesus would never say that. He's talking about winning souls. Witness, you might cause somebody else to find the Lord, and they might cause two or three others, and four or five is pretty soon. That's what he's talking about. Don't fall for that send me your money stuff. You know, there's good things to send your money to. That ain't it. I've preached enough. Now let's read on here. Uh, well, I'll, let's turn over to, to Matthew uh, chapter 23. Uh, and I see if I've got the right one here. I'm going to be sure. 23, 24. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, Love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commands. Now, I know you've heard that, I don't know how many times, you just heard it once more. The thing about that is, is when you say something, when you utter a word, it's out there. You can't take it back. I have learned this by talking to my wife. She may forgive me, but she don't forget. I have seen much, 
much problems arise from a, somebody's simple little foot in the mouth mistake. And so, when it, when I, the reason I read this is understanding that that Jesus is saying, "Hey, we need to approach each other in love, love and compassion for one another, not uh, criticizing." Now, one of the things that requires is having a relationship. You know, you can't. I, I can't single out somebody that hardly knows me or I hardly know and tell them what they ought to be doing right. Yeah, that's not that's not good. You got to, and that requires you and me to work at it. We need to work at you know if we see somebody that's distressed or in trouble or or maybe they're maybe they got problems in their life that that they ought to be getting rid of. You know, you need to build that relationship. Then you can, you know talk to them about the problem. I've, I've got a couple I'm working on now, and it, and it took it takes a long time, and I ain't made much progress. But, uh, but moving on to, uh, let's see if I can find what I'm looking at here. You have to forgive me for stumbling through, because i got a whole bunch of stuff marked. It says, Jesus, again, is saying, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices and mint and dill and cumin, but you have neglected your important ma- the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain at a gnat, but swallow a camel. Strain at a gnat, but swallow a camel. In other words, you let the big stuff go worrying about the little stuff. You know, they didn't do this right, or they didn't do that right, or I don't like the music, or I don't like the preacher, or I don't like the deacons, or I don't like whatever. Little things. Learn to get past the little things because while you're straining at that gnat, you're going to be choking on that camel. That's the way churches fall apart. Going forward, we need to be a team, and a team defined as a group of people focused on one goal. And what's our goal? To win the loss for the Lord and to minister to the saints. In other words, people, saved people need help. They need help with problems in their life. They need prayer. They need your confidence, your uh, counsel. They need things that that, uh, maybe uh, just a kind word. Man, that goes a long way with somebody that's, that's down. Just a, a just a kind word, a smile and a kind word. It it makes a, a world of difference. Over in Proverbs chapter ten, I'm going too fast. I know that. Have you thought about what you would want the church to be about as we move forward? Think about that for a moment while I turn there. What, what things do you enjoy about church? You know, I, I enjoy the music. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, I like to sing in the choir. Uh, I like to hear the voices. I like, I like to be it. That's like a family in a deal. It's, a, it's like a family back there. And Carolyn and Betsy, we, all, we get back there and we, we have a really good time. And uh, we enjoy being with each other. 
that's just a, that's one of my favorite things. Uh, Sunday morning service. You know, I miss being able to meet and greet. You know, the, the old pandemic got us out of that habit, uh, and probably for the better in a sense. But I miss the fellowship time, and so we need. We're going to have one, by the way, to twenty first, right? Uh, a fellowship, something after church. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't remember? Yeah. And that those things are good. Those things are good. People get out and get to know. You know, you might be seeing somebody sitting back here. I, I sit in the choir sometimes, and I think, who in the world is that? And I, I'd like to get to know them. You, you do that? You know. Yes, who is that? Tom knows. Huh? But, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a, we need that time, uh, informal time together, because we're all part of this church, and we all need to be pulling together. I got a little story to tell you about. Sure. Being influential or whatever. The men's class meets back there, so uh, one of the new families has been coming. They started coming with LD, and they're still here. And uh, Patty says, What are you all doing back there? <laughs> so we got the senior men's Sunday school class. I didn't tell him there was no graduation from that class. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But, we carry you out of that one. But he was curious <laughs> as to what was going on. And then we've got uh, Bob Stegman. Yeah. He's Catholic, but he comes to our Sunday school class every week. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, teacher ain't much, but yeah. we have a good class. Yeah. Who's teaching now? Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really... Uh, uh, the best Sunday schools that I ever had was when I felt so unprepared and, and I just pray with earnest. I say, Lord, you got to help me through this one. Those were the best. And uh, because, you know, sometimes us teachers, we think we have to straighten everybody out and help them with all their problems. And you can't do that. You know, we, you know, we're just, we're just like them. We struggle with problems and, and uh, you know, help when you can but sometimes you know I, I I've said this before I, I used to go to funerals a lot because I was when somebody in my group would die or somebody's in their family I, I would go to the funeral I've been to a whole lot of non-christian funerals and you talk about what do you say and I was praying about it and and it came to me no matter what you say never ever compromise the gospel never ever compromise the gospel i've been in and you know you see this old guy and you know he never frequented the church and he lived terrible did terrible things i knew him and they'd say he's in a better place i'm thinking no he's not but you can't say that either <laughs> but but you know yeah well I, what i usually say is you know if you know the lord you're okay or something like that because uh, you know what do you say in those situations but even when it's a Christian brother and sister you can be a little more upbeat but you still it you just be in there just saying hey I care about you I'll, I'm, I'm here for you that's that's the best you can do sometimes but it's it's really tough 
When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. That is chapter 10, verse 19. He who holds his tongue is wise. Sometimes there's a discussion going on, you know, about this or that or whatever. And you think you might have the answer. <laughs> Be careful. I, you remember what I read first? Lean not on your own understanding. Going out of every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. Be wise, be wise and listen. The, the, I took a class on how to manage meetings. And the first thing they taught us is to shut up and listen. Shut up and listen to what the people say. Because, you know, as a troubleshooter, as, as a guy trying to fix the problem, you go in there thinking, you got the idea, man. I, they put me in this position. They know I can do this. So here I am. I'm going to fix this. And then you go in there and you find out, if you listen, you find out what the problem really is. Because a lot of times it's not what somebody told you it was. It's something else altogether. And maybe you have to be stern and say, no, that's... You know, a lot of times I changed my mind on what people said and tried to help people through things. But once in a while you had to say, you know, this is the way it is, guys. It's a business decision that, you know, I have to make this decision. That's the way it is. That's the way it is with the black and white of, the, of God's word. Jesus saves. There ain't no other way. You know, we can't compromise that. And that's why when I said what I said about you know, when you comfort people, you can't you can't get away from the truth. And Jesus told us what the truth is, and and we need to always be faithful to that truth. Uh, I, I let me see where I am on my notes because I don't want to don't want to miss anything. Psalms in Psalms thirty four thirteen. Let me see if I can find that. I put tabs in my Bible hoping to. I don't have to fumble around too much. I'm stuck together. It says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Sometimes you'll get mad. It's all right. That's, that's part of being human, to be mad. That's the time to learn to control that tongue, especially in a marriage, but also in, in church. And in, in uh, you, can, you can say things, and I've said before, and you can be forgiven, you can get beyond it, but you've seen it, I've seen it. Things have gotten out of hand over little things. And, and that's when sin, Satan can sneak in. He gets a wedge. He's, he's, he's crafty. You know, the Bible says he's like the raging lions going to and fro seeking whom he can destroy, and that's true. That's true. But he does it subtly at times. Churches have fallen apart because of little things. You know, the, the church that I was speaking of that split uh, was a Baptist church, and they had a pastor who was young, dynamic, great preacher. He was probably... I want to say he was in his late 20s. Led the scene, could sing solos, had a magnificent voice, but he took on too much. 
and he got burned out and he had he he just he he was a friend of mine and and he told me he said i just can't do it anymore and i said you need to learn to delegate some of this stuff but or, well he did and and things went from bad to worse and and people got arguing over this and that and there were little things and pretty soon he just said goodbye and he was in demand so he was able to do that uh he basically but 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 you know sometimes when you're in a in a church and or an organization for that matter and problems arise and and you see that there's that it really needs resolution i remember uh, when we had a big argument over in the other sanctuary uh remember luella she stat she just said luella was good at this she said we need to let let this go and let the preacher decide what to do here and that and everybody's you know she had that respect everybody listened to her and, and uh, it worked out but it was didn't work out easily and uh, so things can come up and and you know uh the the lesson that i wanted to bring forth tonight was sometimes you need to listen instead of talk that's directed to me more than anybody here listen instead of talk trust in the people around you trust in the lord Pray about what you got to do. Be a positive influence. You know, we've had that. The preacher this past week was, I thought, was really good. Uh, and he 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 laid it out there. Now he went twenty minutes over, <laughs> but uh, but he said that, that that introduction of family didn't count against sermon time, so I guess it's okay. I didn't mind it. Didn't bother me. But you know, I, I my wife's a few hundred miles away and all I got is the cat and he don't care so but uh, he he covered a lot of ground but uh, he was talking about sin sneaking into your church and that's what prompted me to think about well okay where do, what do we really want here what do we where do we really want to go with what we got and I think well we need to hold on to our traditions continue to trust in the Lord be be grounded in the scripture and pull together. Be positive. Don't be negative. You know, when we built this sanctuary, this is not exactly what I wanted. But I said, you know what? People do want this. So I pitched in and helped. See those doors? I put them up there. See that trim on that beautiful stained glass? I did that. See the baseboard around here and all them complicated cuts? I did that. I did it's not what I wanted, but it's worked out. It's worked out because I, you know I made the decision. Hey, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to storm out and say I'm going to First Baptist or whatever. I said I'm going to stay here and help. I'm going to help this church be what the best it can be, and that's the way all of us should be. Now I'm not pointing myself as a great example, but I'm kind of proud of some of that stuff. You know, not, One of the things that I worried about was what we're going to do with the old sanctuary. Of course, yeah. everybody. You know, my family was baptized or married back there or whatever. And, uh, you know, when we followed God's lead and built this, we've got way better use of that facility back there. Plus, it's one of our greatest outreaches is our ability to have a funeral here and have a lot of people feed them in here we can feed them there in the back and yep. um, so 
It's, uh, I'm sure when we were thinking about building a church, we wouldn't even think about something like that, but God had plan. Yep, that's right. So you didn't lean on your own understanding to what the Bible says. And I didn't either. And that's that's what that's what it takes. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, this this young preacher that we're gonna listen to this week, you know, he's got some growing to do. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes as a church, it's not him feeding us and, and lifting us up, it's we gotta lift him up too. We gotta be part of the team, pull together. You know. I have every preacher we've had since I've been here, with the exception of one. I have gone to and said, hey, this, you need to change this or you need to do this. And they've all listened, all listened except one. But they've all listened and, and, and took that right. But you had to build that relationship first, you know, the trust. That I'm not doing something to serve Dave. I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying to help you, help you be better at it. And, and I think that when we take that attitude, because that's what Jesus is telling us in all the scripture here. That's what the Lord is saying. You need to be of the attitude to be helping reach the goal instead of dragging against. You know, I, I think uh, I had a guy in, in one group that was everything is wrong, nothing ain't right. And uh, finally it came down to, I told him, I said, I, th- I wish you'd just leave. And he said, what? Nobody ever said that to me before, and I said, well, that's because they're afraid to and should have. I said, you realize you stir up more trouble in your work? Well, how can you say that? And I said, I'm going to tell you something. If you're, I'm going to give you time, but if this time next year I'm still saying the same thing, I'm going to see that you leave. And he straightened up. <laughs> but he didn't like it much, and he started stirring up trouble against me, but I had enough equity built up with the with the group that it didn't go anywhere but they all felt the same way and just nobody would say anything sometimes in churches you'll have somebody come in and want to stir up trouble that's that's the one we talked about that this past sunday in love you need to say look you know you're not going to get anywhere with that you know and that's that's where the relationships come in you have to be hopefully we don't see that we haven't seen that but it can happen. It can happen. Because Satan's been knocking these churches off one at a time. He's been rooting in there. and You know, why in the world would the Episcopal Church decide to let homosexuals be preachers? Huh? How can you justify that? The, the Methodist Church started with lady preachers, which the Baptist Church don't allow. And I, I, I've listened to some lady preachers, and they're pretty good. You know, but that's not the way that it's supposed to be. That's just not the way it's supposed to be. So once they got the lady preachers, then they got the gay preachers. And then that's when these people started saying, that's enough. And they're losing churches. Churches are shutting down. Churches are buying their way out. The conference owns a church, by the way. I don't know who owns this one. Who owns this church? We do, don't we? Yeah. Because I had to sign when I was a trustee to, for the note stuff. And I said, boy, I hope they don't make me pay that. <laughs> but, you know, you have to have faith and do that. But the conference owns Methodist churches. And uh, so they they take it. Say, okay, get out. Well, they down there in Milton, they bought it. They, they, they put a price on it and they bought it. After they'd already paid for it once. 
<laughs> How'd you like to say, well, we decided to become independent Baptists and the, and the association say, we own the building, pay us a million dollars or whatever they'd say. It'd be hard, wouldn't it? But Satan's sneaking in there and causing all this trouble. That's where it's coming from. And if you don't watch it, he's had a hold of me a time or two. I'll admit that. He's had me doing things I shouldn't do. Uh, hey, I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm just saved. And uh, by the grace of God, here I am, you know. And forgive. And forgive. Yeah, what, what Brother LD said, good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Very true. Yeah, because none of us are good enough. Yeah. Let's see if I can find my... Oh man, I got lots more to do. Find my, my paper here and, and see where my notes lead me. I'm talking about saying things that you shouldn't say, and the Bible is full of it. I looked it up, I looked in my concordance about uh, scripture covering on, you know, uh, saying things you shouldn't say, and it, it, it must be a hundred of them in there. So evidently it's a it's a pretty difficult, pretty widespread problem. But it all boils down to this. When your heart is right, when you want the things that are right, and you control your emotions, and you 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 try you you approach every situation with I'm gonna be helpful not hurtful in this situation, then God can work in you. God can use you. But if you're just like, you know, swimming against the stream and, and causing trouble every turn, God has no use for you. He's not going to. He can't use you. And uh, that's, that's what we need to watch out for. Now, this is the Wednesday night crowd. All of you are not, you know, this Wednesday night crowd is different than the church at large. There's, there's, there's always going to be that person that, that I don't like the NIV Bible, or I don't like this, or I don't like that. You know, that's where we need to step in and say, look, you know, what, what makes it best for you? And, and what's important? Salvation. Salvation's important. Number one is trusting in the Lord, having your sins forgiven, and be on the road to glory. That's number one. That's the best thing in your whole life. I don't know. Uh, I, I said, if you had the UK basketball game on, you'd have people jumping up and down, screaming, and you know, on the big screen there. You know? and, and but you know, when somebody gets saved, you know, man, I can't hardly control myself. You know, a little one comes forward and said, "I want to give my heart to the Lord." Man, oh man, there's nothing better than that because I understand what that means. That means, man, forever. That one's sealed in the book of life. Forever. Yeah. And if you don't feel that way, you need to start praying more because it, that's, that's important. But it's also important because we have people that are lost in this church. Because I, not that I know anybody, but, but this, the, the statistics show me, tell me that we do have people coming here that haven't made that commitment. I don't know what they're afraid of, but, you know, people are all different. You know, when I was young, uh, I would have done anything but have to walk forward in front of all them people because they're going to know I'm not good. That's what I thought. 
they knew it already. Uh, but I'll tell you, when I got saved, I don't even remember leaving my place and going front. I don't even remember that part. I just remember being there. It's like something picked me up and carried me up there. Yeah. And when that happens, and you're in that service, you should rejoice. You, that should, that's just the greatest thing ever. I don't understand why people don't. Well, I do understand. And that's because Satan's telling them something different. But uh, salvation is, is what it's all about. And that's what we need to be all about. And I, I, I kind of jumped to what I want the church to be about more is, you know, Brother Jordan was a good preacher, but he didn't give invitations very good. You know, and I told him about that. I said, he said, well, I don't want to embarrass him, but I said, don't worry about that. You know, trust in the Lord in all things. Trust in the Lord. That's what Proverbs tells us. And let God worry about the consequences. If somebody don't like you, there's not much you can do about that. You know, if you don't like me, there's nothing I can do about that. But I trust in the Lord. And he's going to work on you and get you to where you do like me. No, but be solid in your faith. Be solid in your faith. Trust in the Lord in all things. Be a positive influence on the people around you. Pull together. Work together. And also, when Paul wrote those words, he, he wrote, weep together. Share each other's sorrow. Um, that's important too. Uh, that's uh, what makes a church a family, is caring about one another to the point. And, and in this world today, we're so busy that we don't take time to do that. But, you know, they, we'll have a, a funeral visitation and you go and, you know, sign the book and hustle through it or something, but we need to take the time. Take the time to to care about one another, to pull for one another. You know, and a lot of people have problems they don't, they're, they're ashamed to tell you about. You know, you got to have that, build those relationships to make those things come forward. And I have run out of my text. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I went through this a couple times and I cut some stuff out I probably should have left in. But uh, I was afraid of running over. Didn't want to keep you too late. Anybody want to add anything? I it said somehow we think that peace should come to us with no effort. But David explained that we are to seek and pursue peace. And Paul echoed that in Romans 12:18. A person who wants peace cannot be argumentative and contentious because peaceful relationships come from our efforts of being peacemakers. Yeah. That's that's in the book I read, being a peacemaker. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but that's that's a great comment. That's a great comment. It's uh, <coughs> being a peacemaker is important in church because you'll see squabbles arise over foolishness, really. Because if we we lose sight of the goal, like the baseball player that hit into a double play instead of just winning the game. You lose sight of what is what is the goal? Well, the goal is to help people find the Lord. You know, that's the number one goal. And number two is share with people. Paul said, laugh together, rejoice together, weep together. 
share each other's sorrows. Be straight with each other, honest in all things. Do what the Lord wants us to do. So, the church of the future, we're going into the future, whether we want to or not, unless the Lord come back. And I got a feeling it's looking more like it all the time. I, I don't, uh, I, I, I could get, I, we'd be here all night if I started talking about end times, but uh, man, oh man, things are, things are looking bad in some places of the world. And, and uh, when you think about what the Bible says about what's coming, you realize, hey, all of this has to take place. All of this has to take place. We, we'd like to see peace in the Middle East. The only one that's going to bring peace in the Middle East is Christ. That's it. We'd like to see, you know, the atrocities stopped in the world. The only one that's going to stop that is Jesus. And we can, we're going to live through it, and we've got to do the best we can with it. And, and But mostly, you know, be a person that lives your salvation. Work it out every day. My good friend Jim had passed away. He said, Dave, he says, I repent every day. And I said, you mean you sin every day? He said, well, I can't help it. He said, sometimes my mind just gets carried away. <laughs> but but, but he, uh, a better man I never knew in my life. I never knew a better man in my life, except maybe my dad. But uh, he, he said, I have to repent every day. And that's, that's the kind of walk you need to have every day. Pray, ask for forgiveness that day, and go on. And sometimes we, we do something wrong, we don't even realize it's wrong half the time. And God points it out to us if we're in a prayer. And having said that, think about this week and, and what you want the church to be and be a part of making it happen. You know, it ain't gonna ain't gonna happen for you. You know, it's uh like when I have a, a plan around the house. Once I I put my foot down with Marty, as soon as I and I say yes, dear. <laughs> Charlie Trapp told me that one. He said I put my foot down and then I say yes, dear. <laughs> but you know, you you can't you can have what Rodney say. It says plans without uh, plans without action are just dreams. You know, we got to get at it. We got to get at it. We got to be part of what's going to make this thing go. And it, it can start small. It can start with one person. Revivals usually do start with one person and grow from that. You know, strive to be that person. I'm going to close. Yep. This week, as you go about your business, don't neglect your prayer life, don't neglect your Bible. Spend a little time with it, even if you have to lose a little sleep to do it. You know, bow with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these these that have come tonight and to share with one another. Father, we pray that you would be with each one of them as they go their separate ways. Protect them. Keep them from evil. Guide their lives. Keep us always in your will, Lord. As we enter into this time of selecting a new pastor, Lord, may we do what you would have us do. Lead us and guide us in all things, Lord. Be with our church and our church family. For those that are suffering loss or those that have pain in their life, Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up. Lord, you know what to do, and we don't. So, Lord, we, we surrender to you in all things. 
go with us now. Walk with us each day. Keep us always in your will, and we give you the thanks and the praise and the honor and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we say, Amen. Amen.